I just have an awesome morning planned. I'm very excited about this morning because we have a special guest who's going to be sharing with us, and she's actually not really so much a guest as just one of us, one of our sisters who is always here at Tuesday Chick Connection, and this is a very special lady who I am honored to call my friend. She is amazing. She is a woman of great courage. She and her family have been here at the church for approximately 12 years. She is a mother of six children. And, you know, they say that you can tell so much about a person by the fruit of their lives. And let me tell you, this is a woman who has amazing fruit in her life, someone I admire greatly. And so I want you to give a super warm welcome this morning to Mary Macau. We love you, Mary. Let me try that again. <laughs> I'm truly honored to be able to stand where the people that I honor the most, my pastors, Pastor Anne, stands every Tuesday to speak to us. I I never take it lightly when I'm asked to talk to, to 10 people, to 15 people, to a congregation of believers like you ladies this morning. And so I know God is about to speak to somebody's heart this morning. And as I stand here, I honor them. You give honor to whose honor is due. And so to stand in these shoes, I say to God be the glory this morning. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we stand as the daughters of the Most High God. We are here, King of Glory, so that you can speak to us. And I know for sure you never gather your people in vain. And so God, we are saying this morning, speak to us, your daughters are listening. And I pray the God, Jehovah, that the Spirit of God would minister to somebody this morning. Somebody will get out of this place having challenged, encouraged, changed, delivered, salvation. Something new is going to happen to somebody today because God, you have caused us to be here. And Lord God, you orchestrate every move that we take. You always watch over us. And Lord God, I I pray that, Father, you shall use this, me this morning. A clay never talks to a potter. And so, God, I stand to say, as a clay, I stand and say, the potter, may you do your work this morning. Holy Spirit of God, we invite your presence in this place. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. I have a thick accent. And believe me, when I came to this nation, I tried to change it. But I've realized I can only do me. And so this British accent will never go anywhere. I just have to live with it. And so I hope you're going to be able to get what I'm trying to say. I will try to be slow, but I forget and I go really quick sometimes. And so I just hope that you can understand what I'm trying to say. I'm going to really go back, go really back in my life. I can only stand here today because there is a big God that lives. I was born in Africa. I was born in Kenya, in East Africa to a parents who already had nine children. I'm a last one of a family of 10. And when my mother had had seven children, she decided she had had enough. 
And so she went to the hospital and she was lying on the table to get her tubes tied. That was before I was born, so she couldn't do that. And my dad said, one more girl. My dad had a thing for girls and he already had four and he wanted one more. So my mom got out of the hospital and they decided, they thought they were going to have a girl, but they had a boy. And my dad said, one more. <laughs> and they had my sister. So I don't know how he really convinced my dad to have me. So I should not be standing here, but because God had a plan for my life, I had to be here this morning. Because after I was born, my mom stopped having children. And I was born in a small village called Kidongo near Mombasa. Mombasa is the second city in Kenya. And my parents were not wealthy, but my parents were God-fearing people. I love my parents. I honor them so much. They raised us well. Every time the church was open, I needed to be there because my mom was not going to hear it. I was in Sunday school. I was a Sunday school teacher. I sang in the choir when I was big enough. I was helping to, uh, to lead choir. I did everything that needed to be done in the church because my mom made sure that I was there. And you would think by the time she had 10, the, the, she wasn't strict anymore. But my mom, <laughs> you knew very early in life you weren't going to mess around. And she wasn't, she wouldn't yell at you but she just made sure that you understood rules were followed. So after I was spanked two or three times, I figured it out. And I didn't get spanked anymore, I was a good child. I grew up loving and honoring my parents. We had prayer dedications and prayers every evening. We would gather together, sing songs, pray together. And I knew to love God very early in life and I gave my heart to Christ very early, maybe many times, because sometimes I didn't understand the concept that once you're saved, you're saved, and you just need to kind of really go back and make sure you're still standing with God. And so for the very first years of my life, I was in the country, in a village. And rural Kenya, a few years ago, did not have electricity. Today, that has changed a lot, and there was no tapped water. And so the hardships that come with that, I lived it. But because my parents covered me, I didn't grow up thinking that I was missing anything. I was a happy girl, girl. I just really lived like the rest of the girls, and we would walk to school three miles. We went running, you know. We were excited to be in school, and our schools went many hours. We didn't get off school until 4 o'clock, but I loved education, and I made sure I was good at it. I was either number one, two, or three. Two boys sometimes would beat me, but I did the best to be the best. So by the time in Kenya you go to boarding school, high school, through merit. You just don't go to go. Like, they don't let you just go. You do a national exam. And they don't care whether you went to a good school or a bad school. You have to pass the exam to merit to go to the next stage. By the time I was doing my high school transitional exam, I was about 13 years old. And if you're going to get good education, you go to boarding school. Boarding school means you pack your bags, you leave your parents, and you go in a setting where you don't go home until break time, and that was difficulty. I did the exam, I qualified very well and went to a very good school, and that started a journey, a new journey, of nothing that I knew before. We stayed in school, 
We wore uniform, we woke up very early in the morning, you had a small duty, you had to do, the food was not exciting, but that was okay because I was there for my education. I was going to get education because I was very goal-oriented young woman when I was, I was young. And so, by the time you finish the day, you are exhausted. They have you do morning prep in the evening, we go study until nine o'clock, you come home in a dormitory where other girls are, you did everything together. And I just want to repeat, the food was not exciting. But because I was there for education, I really didn't care. But along with me going to boarding school, something else really changed in my life. My, one of my older sisters had gotten married. And I forgot to tell you guys, my, name, my other name that you don't know is Mwende. And Mwende means the loved one. And for some weird reason, the grace of God and the mercy of God and the love of God just seemed to kind of just always fall into my life. And so when my sister immediately got married, she had a kind of well-to-do husband. They really loved me so much. They went to my parents' house and they said, we want to take over Mary. We kind of want to adapt her. Not like name adoption, but when school closes, we want her to come over to our home. And uh, from now on, we'll just come and visit the village home and then Mary will be like our child. And so I found myself from a very godly home to a home where there was no prayer. The Bible was not read. My brother-in-law had grown up as a Catholic who did not practice it. My sister was not living the Christian life that she ought, but they were good people. But coming from where I had to go to church, <laughs> it became my responsibility to figure out should I go to church or should I not go to church? And for the ladies that you have brought your children to love God, let me just tell you something this morning. It is not in vain. Because very quickly, I decided I wanted to go to church. There are Sundays that I would wake up and I would be getting ready to go to church. My sister would be like, I think, Mary, today we should do this grand plan of this big, nice thing on a Sunday morning. Don't go to church. And I don't know where I got the strength from because I was, I honored my sister and my, the husband. I would say, I don't think that is a good idea. I think that whatever it is that you, you just go ahead and do it. So I chose to go to church. I didn't pray for myself. I didn't really read my Bible as I should, but I lived to honor God the best that a 13, 14 year old can. And I just know. God mercy and God cover was over my life because I was taught the word of God. I continued to grow, although I wasn't living 100% according to the word of God. But I was able to learn, you know, the ways of God, what God required me to do. And I really quickly joined choir. And again, this is the funny thing. The church that I was going to at this point is a church that my, my dad helped to start. It's a big church in Mombasa. It's still really a big church today. And he was among the people that got together with, with missionaries from, from UK and some from here to start a church there. So I became a partaker of that very quickly and I was serving little responsibilities. I started taking little responsibilities. And my faith continued to grow. But one thing, the enemy is always looking for a way to get us. At this point, I got my first boyfriend. This young man was supposed to be a Christian. And after first year, he was pressuring me 
to have sex with him. And I said, no. I think I just really had my mom's voice <laughs> was always ringing. And I just would say, no, I don't think that is a good idea. I found a way of getting out of it every single time. And I escaped many times. And then eventually he wanted to rape me. And that was the end of my first relationship. And before I knew it, I had another boyfriend. I just seemed to find these boys, I don't know. You know? And I thought this boy loved God. We went to the same church, he sang in the choir, he played the guitar, he was such a good musician. I truly thought this was a godly man. And before I knew it, he wanted to rape me. I said, I must do this thing really wrong. I just must not have the eyes to see, you know, what I need to be looking at. And I just didn't want that relationship anymore, and that was the end of it again. <laughs> and it's like, I just was not making very good decisions because beside now the two boyfriends, I found myself in the house of my teacher, who I really, really respected who my family really respected because he led the youth and the man wanted to rape me. And I said, Mary, there must be something you are doing to attract this man to yourself. And I didn't tell anybody. So I would live with this shame thinking to myself. Even my older sister didn't know. And I have many sisters because the shame started to get on me. I thought for sure there is something that I'm not doing right. But today I know it is the work of the enemy. And he was really, really, really trying hard to break me down. And this happened seven times. I can tell you story after story after story how I escaped. Today I can talk about it. I have no shame because even if they had raped me, thank God they didn't, there is now no condemnation to them that are in Christ. Today I know that. Then, I was still trying to walk my walk with Christ. I was still trying to make it happen. I, I didn't have the confidence. I didn't know. The, I couldn't even tell somebody, see, God was protecting. I didn't have that confidence to be able to do that. But I go back. You know, hindsight has a way of, you look back and you're like, God, your hand truly was upon my life, and I'm forever grateful for the cover that you accorded me. And while, while I was, I've always known that God has called me in some capacity because I, I started speaking when I was very young. When I went to high school, they had a Christian union. They would ask me to give the word and I would be shaking in my boots, but I'll still open the Bible and try to, to give them something, you know. And I've watched God orchestrate my life. I can tell you, how even I arrived here, because this was not something I had seen. But even as I, I continued with high school, I did very well. And if you did very well, again, it's a national exam again. Kenya has a way of really eliminating people. So you, because you can do really good for four years, if you do that national exam, you happen to have walked on the wrong side of the bed, or they ask the wrong questions and you don't do well, you have to redo it again, or you're done because it doesn't matter, that is the exam that puts you either higher or now you just don't have education. So I happened to do very well after the four years, 
I transitioned to, the, these, there was two more years. And I really, again, went to a very good school, and the hand of God continued to cover me. And as I finished my total high school, four plus two years, six years, God was gracious enough for me to have done well. Let me tell you about probation. In high school, Kenya, you pay a lot of money. My mom had taught me the art of tithing. I would want to say I have always done it 100%. But while I went to high school, I did it 100%. Whatever I got money, I just tithe. And, I, and again, when I was growing up, I didn't go to Sunday school ever without something to give. She said, anytime you go to the house of God, you're supposed to carry a seed. So I, I, she didn't explain very well why you do that, but I just knew that is what you do. And as a little girl, because my mom had said it, I knew I was supposed to tithe. I was supposed to carry a seed when I went to church. So as I transitioned to go to high school, provision just seemed to follow me. And I told you I didn't come from a place of a lot of provision. My parents did not have it all, but just God, God provided. High school, as expensive as it is, almost 100% fast four years, my brother-in-law could give me the tuition every single year. Like all of it, not a half of it. Until when I was transitioning the two last year, my brother said, okay, you can't do it anymore. This is like, we need to be... My brother took it over for two years and paid my tuition. So I always had provision. Just God seemed to just do it. I would want to say that about my sister who... who is my older sister. I remember her not having enough tuition. I remember her not having enough pocket money. I don't know what had gone wrong, but I just know the hand of provision was over my life, and God continued to provide in ways that even I look back and I'm like, God, you are amazing, because you covered this village girl, and you did it very well. So I know my God to be a provider, and if you ask me, I can give you testimonies upon testimonies, sometimes last minute, but you know what? He always comes. Because he has done it for me, he can do it for you too. And as I finished high school, I started developing a deep desire to want to come to this nation. I don't have a relative that has come to America. <laughs> and so, I don't even know where it came from. I had options of jobs that were lined up. I became a teacher for a little bit. I did a little course, and I was able to teach high school for a little bit. I was really small when I was teaching high school. The students were almost my, my age at the time, but God just put me there for a season. And as I was transitioning, I knew I wanted to either do something with um, leadership management, com computer information system, because it was big in Kenya. And this was my grand idea. <laughs> I was going to come to America for four years, get my education, and because I really love my family, I wanted to go back to, to, to Kenya and be with my family. And as I transitioned to my sister's place, they also just really were good to me. I came from being the last born to the first born, because when they received me, they didn't have children yet. Then I got a little sister and a little brother. And today, those are like my siblings. I love them so much. But coming here, or planning to come to America, I was coming to go to San Diego to go to school, finish school, and go back to Kenya. And I love this nation, but it just, I could not imagine being disconnected from my family. 
but I had to be here to grow because to my siblings, I was the last born. <laughs> and so I didn't have really a voice. I don't know whether any of you have come from a, a, a big family. They only, I mean, once you're born a last born, you are always the little one. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether you have a wisdom to kind of decide things, you are always the last born. And so, sort of like Abraham, just leave your family, just go to this grand place and I will bless you there. God knew he needed thought to do it step by step. Because if he had seen the whole plan, I would have told God, you have the wrong girl. But you know, God always has a plan. So as I landed to this grand nation, and I started my schooling, and I eventually had children here, the first two years, if you had met me, I would tell you, oh, I love it here, and yes, I'm going to school, and once I finish school, I'm going back to Kenya, because that was my plan. But you know, there is our plan and God's plan, and he seems to know best. Because if today you ask me to go back and what it is that I really, 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 really thought I wanted to go back to, I, I can't even tell you what it is. Because for some weird reason, I've become the voice of reason in my family. And I know for a fact I would never have done it if I stayed there. God has used me tremendously to speak into people's life in my family. I come from a big family. I've seen people get saved, people get healed, people getting delivered because God had to separate me. I had to miss them for a while while he was still chipping out the old me and trying to make me to become everything that he wanted me to be. I'm not there yet, but you know, every step, God works and sometimes when we linger there, you know, we stay in our mountains for a little longer than we need to be. And I know there are seasons that I have lingered there longer than I needed to be because I wasn't ready to be what God was trying to make me to be. And so I wasted time, I wasted seasons, I wasted opportunities. But I'm the kind of girl today, I say, God, is it you? And if it's God, I say, yes, Lord. I don't bother trying to figure Mary out because I know God knows best. And if God prepares you to do anything, he has it all made out. You just need to say yes, and then his plan falls into place. One more thing before I transition to scripture. I only wanted to have one child. <laughs> so when we had our daughter, my husband didn't care. She was a girl, which was really amazing. I was done. And he wanted five, and I said, I think you married the wrong girl. We would go back and forth, and I would be like, maybe two, no, one, you know? And I settled with one child for five years because I just thought that was the plan of God for me. But we adapted three in between. That is a long story. I won't go into it. But when it happened, even God had to make sure that I did not know it was adoption because I would run away from it. We took them in. And then after we took them, after a few years, it was like, we have to adapt them because they've stayed with us for two years. This is the only right thing to do. And because I had stopped everything to take care of them, at that point, I accepted to have one more. And while I had one more, another one came. So I have six children. <laughs> because God knew I could do it. If I looked in, in me, I would have said, God, you have the wrong person. As I told my husband, but God always knows. God always 
knows. And my daughter has told me many times, Mommy, the best thing that has ever happened in my life is my brothers and my sister. That is the best thing. So God knew we needed each other, and it is him that we need to know that he has a plan, that we don't fall back to our own plan and think this is a grand plan when God knows better. We need to accept that God is a God that not only knows, but he sees the beginning to the end. Sometimes we are seeing where we are, and that glass is stained. It's not complete until you see the end of the picture. Uh, we're going to read from four scriptures, and the first one is Jeremiah 1.5, and probably each one of them, uh, one, one of you can just say it <laughs> from your heart, and uh, let's remind ourselves, the Bible says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. You know, it doesn't really matter how we come into this world. I told you my story. I wasn't even supposed to be here. Some people come into this world through rape. Some people come. But there is not a person that enters into this world that God has no plan for. And always the plan of God is to do good for his children. The enemy has another plan, but we just know that God has a plan. God has a perfect, God had a perfect plan for this village girl. And I just am so grateful. I look back and I say, you know, God, your plan, not my plan, because his plan is always the best. And so, as you look into your life sometimes and think, okay, but my parents were not perfect, or my mom did not do a good job, or, you know, if you're sitting here, you're so fortunate because you've come to church, and the word of God is what gives us value, okay? So, because I know the word of God, I look behind and I see things that could have been different and better for me. But I just know because I know the word of God. And the Bible says God watches his word to perform it. So if it is written in the word of God, it's for me. I can claim it and I can stand on it until I see it come to pass in my own life. So I've been empowered. My mom did enough because she took me to church and exposed me to the things of God. By 13, I left home. So she couldn't continue to add value into my life much anymore. But she had already given me tools. So for you, it could be a neighbor. For you, it could be parents. It could be your brother, your sister, your cousin that taught you the ways of God. But what am I saying? This is what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you've been exposed to God, it doesn't matter what form God allowed you to be able to get to that place you have to take accountability of that which you know now. And open the word of God and say, God, what plan do you have for my life if you already do not know? Because God has a grand plan for your life, a good plan for your life. And it doesn't matter what has broken you. You know, the enemy, for, for every person is different things. For me, it was those rap stuff and some other things that, you know, came into my life, but we're here today. We overcame then and we're here today. And God says he's a God of second chances. He will give you one, you'll close the door, you'll mess it up. Even you can sit here and say, okay, maybe it's because you were brought up by Christian parents and I, they covered you and they prayed for you. But you are a mother who can pray now. 
And you can say, Mary, but I don't know how to pray yet, but you can learn how to pray from today because the word of God says, where we lack wisdom, we should ask of thee. He gives it without measure. Do you have an area that you're struggling with? The word of God has an answer for you. Is there an area where you think, oh God, man, maybe my finances, maybe my family, my children. God has countless promises concerning my ch our children. We might not be seeing them manifest, but believe me, he says, I watch my word to perform it. I don't lie about it. Once I say it, it is established forever in heaven. So if God has written anything about your children and they're not living it out yet, guess what? You are empowered to pick up that word and read it and tell the devil, you know what? The word of God has spoken. And if he has spoken, I can take it to the bank and cash it and take that money as mine. So today I want to encourage you, pick up the pieces from wherever you are and start again if you need to start again. If you feel like your life is moving really good, we can always go higher. I say to myself, I don't want to be in the same place that I was last year because I want God to mold me to become everything that he wants me to be. And I don't want to go to heaven and say, I wish I could have. You know what I mean? Like I want to become a student of the word of God. I want to strategize my life to where when I leave this world, I can't say I wish I had because I have an opportunity now to live it out. And we can't go back tomorrow. Tomorrow is gone. But we have today, starting from now, to become everything. And sometimes it's not sprinting, but as long as we are going towards fulfilling that which God has laid in your heart, you're doing good. Just step up and keep moving. Uh, let's read um, Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, not a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and he will, will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? As I said, if God has spoken it, if God has said it in his word, what is the promise that you need for your children? Is it salvation? It is a promise because the fruit of your womb is blessed. Is this something that within yourself that you think, okay, maybe I'm afraid. God has not given you the spirit of fear. I was there before. I told you guys I would be shaking off my boots when they would tell me to give a message. I have gotten better, but I'm not there yet. I still want to perfect my walk with God. Okay, let's read um, Deuteronomy 8.5. And I'm kind of going to go quickly because we're running out of time. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. And then uh, the book of Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate and it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. That is my scripture. I don't know how many times I pray that scripture for me. Because the secret is, if you can learn to meditate upon the word of God, and I'm not there, but I'm getting there. You probably are not there, 
but we all can get there. You learn to meditate the word of God because if God gave the same church to Joshua, gave the same church uh, to Moses, gave the same church to Joshua, and countless times you see, read the word of God, follow the commandments of God, read the word of God, meditate on the word of God, because there is just something about putting our eyes on the word. There's just something about running it in your head. Because if you don't, stuff will, situations will, problems will, uh, children, grades will. So how do we get ourselves to make sure that we are living right? By meditating upon the word of God. And I'm standing here saying, I'm at that place that I'm learning. Let's learn together. Because if we are going to live victorious in this life, in this world, doesn't matter where I came from, I have the knowledge of the word of God, and that's all I need. Because if I can stand and really do the word, the enemy can't have me. And so today I would want to encourage you. Maybe the enemy broke you up in many places, discouraged you, told you you are not good enough, you know? Growing up in a place that is not exactly where you should have wanted. If you had to make a perfect home, that would not be. Or you had amazing parents and you find yourself in this place. Let's learn to love God. Let's learn to seek out the word of God concerning any issue or anything that we want God to do for us. And then we shall be sure that if we do that, then our ways will become prosperous. And God gives us things money can buy and things money cannot buy, like peace, having peace in your home, surrounding yourself with peace and just not so concerned and worried about situations that come against you because you're strong already and you know what to do. So if you can learn to really, really read the word of God and learn to pray and commit your ways to the Lord, I know we are conquering together. I intend to go to heaven. I have intended to totally, completely surrender my life to God. That is the only place that there is security. Any other thing is going to fall apart, but the word will not fall apart. And so I finish up to say this. If God can use me and do anything with my life, <laughs> I know where I came from. I know the journeys that I've taken. God can use anybody. So do not diminish that which God has created. You are fearfully, wonderfully made, and God wants to do something amazing with your life. Let the voices of the enemy this morning be defeated because God wants to do that for you. Arise up from where you are and may you be used of the Lord in whatever capacity that he deems is right for you because a hand doesn't say make me a feet or an eye or eyelashes. We just become that which God wants us to be. Take whatever you're good at and do it to perfection. God, may God use you. May God encourage you this morning as you look back and say, I want to make my life better. I want to walk closely with my God this morning. God bless you this morning. I just want to do one thing before I give back because time is going really quick, but um, I've talked about condemnation this morning, and the enemy had me there for a very, very, very long time. And I know some of us, because of the past that we have come from or things that people have done to us, the enemy can have voices, the color of your skin. Enemy can use anything to condemn you and put you at a place of disadvantage. But 
I've known any voice that speaks anything but greatness about me is the voice of the enemy. I don't entertain it anymore, but I didn't just get there. So I would encourage you to just, if there's somebody here that is going through some things in the past or things that people have done and you're feeling like you need prayer this morning, I want to do a final prayer before I give back Pastor Anne an opportunity to come back to the pulpit. I want you to close your eyes. It's not about exposing anybody. And if you are that person, may you raise up your hand so that we can pray for you and with you this morning. God is seeing those hands as they go up. You can put them down. Many hands have gone up. And we, we know as we have had this morning that there is now no condemnation to them that are in Christ. And those voices are not from God. So we need to silence the voice of the enemy this morning. Our Father and our God, I just want to thank you. I magnify you. I exalt you. I give you praise this morning because you are a good God and an amazing Father to us. A daddy that never leaves us, never forsakes us, oh God. It doesn't matter where we are, King of glory. We have promises and great promises, oh God, in your word that God, Jehovah, that indeed if we come back to you, if we call you, you hearken unto our cry this morning. And I just want to pray for those ladies that are raised up their hands this morning king of glory if you took every shame away from me king of glory my father you can do the same for them this morning and i pray that god jehovah every voice of the enemy this morning shall be broken off their life in the mighty name of jesus christ the god indeed the peace of god that surpasses all human understanding shall be able to cultivate their hearts to god that they will know there is a father that approves of them there is a father that says i will forgive give you and this let is clean and even if your sin is as, as dark as any dark cloud father you will make it as white as snow my god you have done it for me i know you will do it for them this morning and i pray god jehovah even as they leave this place my god they will never be the same again pray for these ladies who oh gone some might have come with heavy hearts with knees things that god are pressing them king of glory this morning i pray that you minister to them at their point of need. I pray that God, somebody has been encouraged, somebody has been delivered, somebody has been lifted up, oh God, because Father, when you get us your voice to speak, it is always for a reason and a purpose. And so God, we thank you. We bless you for this opportunity. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Give her another great hand. That was awesome. Thank you so much, Mary. I love hearing people's stories. And, you know, she, Mary has a lot of things that she could have used as excuses in her life to hold her back from what God has for her and from being used on a daily basis like she is. And, but she refuses to let the enemy hold her back. And we need to be women to, that will learn from her example and refuse to let the enemy hold us back. Amen? You know, I just want to comment on one thing. You know, the last scripture that Mary shared with us from uh, Joshua 1.8 you know, she has put this to work in her life. The word comes out of her whenever you talk to her. She instills the word in others. She clings to God's promises. It says, the book of this, 
the this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success and then it continues right into the scripture that has been our theme scripture in this season it says have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go ladies when we cling to God's word when we put his word to work in our lives we will then have the courage to live out the life God created us to live amen amen, amen. awesome Oh, that was so good, and I know that your hearts were encouraged and strengthened this morning. And, you know, maybe there's some of you here today, and maybe this is your first time to Chick Connection. Maybe you've never even been in an environment like this. Maybe you've never heard someone's story of walking out their life with God. We just want you to know this morning that he wants to have a relationship with every single one of us. He created us for his purposes, and he wants to have relationship with us. And if you're here today and you have never experienced that, you can experience that. All you have to do is open your heart and invite him in and ask him to be the Lord of your life. And we just want to encourage you this morning, if that's you, before you leave today, you're going to have time to just visit a bit at your tables. And if that's you, just as you're talking at your tables, they're going to uh, ask if anyone at your table has a prayer request. Just say, I want you to pray with me. I want to walk with God. I want to know him as Savior of my life. And they would just be so honored to pray with you right there at your tables. And then they also have a little gift that they'd love to give you just a little booklet entitled The Next Seven Days just to get you started walking in relationship with God. All right? The best life ever is walking it out with God. All right. Well, ladies, before we dismiss to our uh, time at our tables, just a few little things that we want you to be aware of. First of all, on your tables, there's a little stack of these forms. If somebody 